listening to the Fantasy Alarm DFS NBA podcast. What is going on, FA Nation? Merry Christmas, happy holidays, and welcome to another edition of the Fantasy Alarm NBA DFS podcast. I am James Grande, joined by Sean Mitchell. Sean, Merry Christmas, happy holidays. What's going on, brother? How's your day been? Uh, how's the holiday season treating you so far? It's good, man. It's good. Uh, you know, just tied up some loose ends with some, doing some Christmas shopping. I'm, I'm the usual procrastinator in that <laughs> sense. Uh, so, you know, it's been kind of a busy day. Had the in-laws uh, Christmas today, so had to go do that, do the in-law thing. And uh, then, you know, like I said, end, end of the day with some, some errands of Christmas shopping. Uh, but, you know, looking forward to it, looking forward to this slate. You know, I will be on the playbook in the, the new fast break. So this is kind of my first look. I know it's yours as well. So you're definitely going to get the first look on the slate from both of us. So I'm pretty, pretty pumped about it, man. Circling back to that uh, procrastination point, I'm going to put a poll up uh, tonight. I'm going to I'm going to put up a poll wondering how many people shop on the final two days of Christmas. I think it's – I'm going to say majority do. I'm going to say majority do. I'm going to say the poll – is in your favor. Uh, that I guarantee it. I guarantee it. I, it's, a, it's a guarantee. It's, it really is a guarantee. But I digress on the Christmas shopping. Um, it is a five-game slate, and uh, you and I briefly talked before we hopped on live. Um, every game total currently over 223, New Orleans, Miami being the lowest um, at 223.5. And, and that actually dropped from 229. It opened at 229, uh, Miami 5.5. That looks like they're expecting a Jimmy Butler absence, which is really the only um, relevant piece of injury news we're kind of waiting for. Jimmy Butler currently questionable. Um, Usually when you see a line like that, Sean, it usually indicates Vegas knows that something's fishy and Vegas is kind of telling us that Jimmy Butler is going to sit on Christmas. What do you think about that? I don't know, man. I think it's kind of baked into the line already. Um, you know, they kind of already knew that he was probably questionable coming into this thing. So, you know, opening at the Heat minus five and a half, I think is was pretty interesting. All all things said and considered, because the Pelicans are fresh off of a, a win, you know, a nice win at that. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty crazy that it's already dropped almost a point and a half, working on two points now. And then the total dropping down that much is, is pretty pretty crazy too. But yeah, you would think that they are in, in you know anticipating Jimmy Butler not suiting up, which I would think that if he's even sixty percent, he's probably going to want to play on Christmas Day. So I don't know. Who knows? It, it'll be interesting to see. It is just an interesting tidbit when you do see a line move that much um, multiple hours before our slate. You know, so um, just something to consider, but. Sean, I think it's time. Let's jump into the breakdown. We'll go position by position here per usual and start us off at point guard where we have three monsters over 10K. And, and we, we, for the sake of the argument, we won't include Kyrie here because he's priced under 9K. And we're using DraftKings pricing. I'll use DraftKings pricing on you because you with you because you primarily play DraftKings. And by primarily, I mean only. Um, <laughs> uh, we have... <laughs> We have Luka at 10-7. We have Steph Curry at 10-2. We have LeBron at $10,000. What's your your take on all three of these guys? And um, at the end, like, how would you how would you rank them in terms of favorite to least favorite? 
So now you're getting LeBron James as the third highest price point guard on a slate. It's pretty crazy. I, I don't know. It's in a good spot. Dallas is, is not that, you know, juggernaut defensive team. So I think LeBron James is is really interestingly priced here. Luka, you know, 700 more. You, you can't go wrong. He basically had a very, very down first half in, in his opening game, and he's still – I mean, he's going to get his, you know, he's, he's definitely – He's definitely the top player on the slate once again, I think. Um, it's just crazy seeing that he's on, you know, that LeBron is, is 10K flat. Steph Curry, I'm, I'm just worried about. I, I'm worried that Milwaukee just runs away with this one. And and I don't know. I'm not not 100%, you know, there with, with Steph Curry right now, especially seeing how bad the Warriors were. For me, and I mentioned it um, before we hopped on, like, I don't think the Warriors shoot that poorly again. And I don't think the Warriors are going to shoot that poorly most nights, especially when you have someone like Steph Curry. And, yeah, Andrew Wiggins, you know, is what he is at this point, and and he's not going to ever turn into that superstar that we once thought he was going to be. Uh, But I don't think Kelly Oubre shoots that poorly uh, most nights. And I don't think the rest of the supporting cast um, shoots that poorly on most nights. So I do think the Warriors and Steph Curry are interesting. And I, if I were a, if I were a betting man, I think, um, I actually think Golden State would cover here. I know it's in Milwaukee. I don't know how much home and road is going to matter that much this year, just based on a limited crowd. I mean, we saw a bunch of teams already on the first night, like go into people's gyms and win. Like, um, I mean, New Orleans, you mentioned, beat Toronto in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, we had the Spurs go into Memphis and beat Memphis. We had Sacramento beat Denver. We had Utah blow out Portland. So I don't know if like the home away thing is going to matter as much um, this year. I think Steph Curry has a big game here. I know it's not going to be the easiest matchup against Drew Holiday and or um, DiVincenzo because both can really guard. Um, But I do think when there is the good version of Steph Curry, it doesn't matter. Also, I think an interesting note is even in that game, like Steph Curry was really good passing. I mean, he had a double-double, and he played 30 minutes even in a blowout. So um, I think Steve Curry is getting Steph Curry back to like full complement of minutes regardless of score. Um, So I really like Curry. I think we both are always going to be on the Luka bandwagon. I know he's kind of stunk first game, but he stunk and still gave us 49 fantasy points. You know, so he was at 4.9x uh, on that 10k price tag that he was on opening night. Um, LeBron, if we're gonna see the short spurts again, I'm a little concerned. Um, a little more concerned with LeBron. I get it, and maybe we see like 33 minutes, but he also is dealing with a sprained ankle that he is apparently apparently picked up in that first game. So um, I'd be interested to see if the, if it's 28 minutes again, because if it's 28 minutes, Sean, I think he's clearly the third fiddle in this top tier. Yeah, uh, you know, I have to, I have to agree there. Um, if, if LeBron's not going to get, you know, over 30 minutes, you know, AD played 31, played the most. Dennis Schroeder played 28, you know, second most, and then a modules of a hair off the bench. So yeah, that definitely pulls back a little bit for for LeBron. If you know he's not going to see thirty or thirty-two minutes, and you know if, if you definitely are going to bank on Luka Doncic getting those minutes, which we know he probably will, 
you know, it's it's pretty clear cut for me that um, it's definitely going to be a Luka night. Yeah, I'm having a hard time not playing Luka pretty much every slate this year, especially without Porzingis. So um, let's move down to the rest of the point guard position where I think Kyrie going back to Boston is really intriguing. Kyrie seems like a very venge, uh, very revenge, revengey type of player. And I'm not usually into narratives, but when you're walking around arena with Sage and you're burning Sage, um, that kind of speaks volumes about getting the juju out of your, out of whatever, whatever you believe in and, you know, really honing in on dominating that former team. So I think Kyrie's in a great spot. Uh, Jamal Murray listed as probable here should play not the easiest matchup uh, going up against Pat Bev, but uh, he probably will see Lou Williams and Reggie Jackson defense at points in this game. Um, But he also could see Paul George. I I don't love Jamal Murray at 8,500. I think that's a little too pricey. I think we're a sweet spot of mine for Christmas is going to be is Drew Holiday at 7,500. Um, who was really incredible in his first night. Uh, didn't skip a beat going from New Orleans to Milwaukee. It's a it's still an up-tempo offense uh, with the Bucs. Uh, 25-6, 3-2, and a block for Drew Holiday on that opening night. Um, $7,500 seems like a really nice price tag going up against a fast-paced Golden State team with poor defense. I agree. Um, you know, I, di- I didn't really know what to expect from Drew Holiday this year. Didn't know kind of how he was going to fit in with this Milwaukee roster. Um, but he slotted in well. I mean, you know, DiVincenzo is, is kind of taking over the the point guard spot and being the facilitator. And, um, you know, nobody really had a ton of assists other than Chris Middleton, who played a hell of a game. Right. Uh, but, you know, Holiday, 38 minutes was, you know, tied for the most on the team. That's that's definitely something you can, you know, find encouraging. Uh, and his line was really good uh, against a you know pretty decent Boston Celtics team too. So I agree with you there. Uh, don't think you you know you can sn- you know, snarl anything at that. At what he what he's um, how many minutes he's going to play and the kind of usage he's getting. I mean he took 16 shots and was you know Giannis of course took all you know almost 30 shots in this game and he was still able to to put up the kind of line that he did. So yeah, I think I think it's a, a decent price on him at 7.5. Uh, in a really a much better spot against Golden State. Let's let's talk about the Pelicans point guards for a second because I think I actually I think let's let's break down a couple different backcourt backcourt point guards because we have a, a pair in New Orleans that are really intriguing. Lonzo had a pretty good first game, but Eric Bledsoe, who is a thousand dollars cheaper than Lonzo, also had a really good game and played thirty four minutes. And then we have a, a pair of Heat point guards and Tyler Hero and Goran Dragic that I personally love tomorrow. So um, in this matchup, we have four really strong plays, Sean. Um, I lean using the Heat guys and probably lean Bledsoe over Lonzo. But like, where is your where is your head at here with all four of these guards? Because I think you can probably make a case for any and all of them, to be quite honest. Right, and I mean, you know, it, it is going to rely a little bit on Jimmy Butler's availability for, you know, for this uh, game. If he doesn't play, I mean, you know, you're probably going to have to look. I mean, Goran Dragic at 5'3 is, is going to be, 
easily one of the better plays. And then Tyler Hero right there a little bit more. Uh, I totally agree. We know that New Orleans last year was not very good against guards. Gave up tons of fantasy points. It's going to be a really fast-paced game. I know you were already kind of talking this one up on Twitter. Um, you know, I, yeah, I think you're going to have to result to the Miami Heat guards. And the bad thing is, is, you know, if Butler doesn't play, they're likely going to have some ownership. Uh, so, in that event, I think Bledsoe is going to be the one that draws the lowest ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I agree. He had a decent first game for New Orleans. You know, they like I said, you, like you mentioned, they beat the Raptors. So, that was that was pretty something, you know, really good. Um Dennis Schroeder, obviously, is, is easily going to be in play. We saw, you know, if they are going to load manage these guys and, and LeBron's only going to play 28 minutes, you know, Dennis Schroeder is a high-usage guy. I mean, John was all over that play the other night. Um, and, yeah, he, he went off, uh, almost had a triple-double. So, definitely going to be looking at Schroeder, definitely going to be looking at the Miami Heat guards. But, uh, yeah, if you're if you're looking at ownership, I think, you know, albeit with what we the news that we get on Jimmy Butler, um, Bledsoe is definitely going to – probably come in with with really really low ownership and i i two points there because i think bledsoe i think playing the pelicans this year is going to be leverage every single night we saw brandon ingram go for 60 fantasy points on fandle um the first game almost land himself a triple double and the thing about it is they're going to play basically a seven-man rotation and they are all going to play 30 minutes so and we saw it already game one with a Injury-prone Eric Bledsoe, 34 minutes in his debut. So um, 5,600, we know Eric Bledsoe can fill it up when he gets the run. Um, Also, Sean, if I were to tell you that Jimmy Butler was not the Heat's leading player in usage last year, what would you call me a liar? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't call call you a liar at all because he – that's the thing about Jimmy Butler is he's not a high-usage guy. I mean, he he really isn't. you know, at some points last year, he was even in the low 20s, uh, and he stayed around there. Uh, so, no, I, I, I wouldn't call you a liar on that because I think we both know who, who who's going to lead that team in usage. It was Goran Dragic last Goran year. Goran yep. Yep, Goran Dragic. And just for, for context, um, when Butler's been off the floor, he also led, and it was significantly more than anyone else, uh, 28.6% usage rate without Jimmy Butler last year. Uh, just elite stuff at, at the price tag, and he looked really good opening night. Um, so I think Goran Dragic is a core play for me. But honestly, whether Jimmy Butler's in or not, because it, the, the pace and the defense that he's going up against really dictate that. Um, if you are to pick one guy here, Sean, under 5K at the point guard position that you would consider in your player pool, um, who is it and why is his name Jeff Teague? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we, we talked about Jeff Teague the other day whenever he came in at 4K on, on DraftKings, and we're like, seriously, you know, we knew that he was going to be, star- you know, and he didn't, did, he did start. Or no, he didn't start, did he? did not start. Marcus Smart start. started over Jeff right. Yeah, they, they started Smart at the point guard spot, but Teague came in and just right off the bat was rolling. Um you know, within like his first, I think ten or twelve minutes, he already had like yeah. I don't, ten points, two rebounds, two assists, and two steals. And I was like, oh my god, here we go. But yeah, I mean, he's he's gonna he's gonna get his. He's basically doing the the Brad Wanamaker of the second unit, which Brad Wanamaker wasn't the same kind of type of player as as Jeff Teague is. Uh, so yeah, I don't really see how you can afford to, and especially if you you know. 
if you think that Brooklyn maybe gets a lead on Boston, I mean, who knows? Um, Jeff T could get a little extra minutes. So, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely agree there. It's going to be hard not to play some Jeff Teague on this slate, especially at 4.2 on DraftKings. That's just pretty nuts. But if I'm looking at another one, um, Pat Bev, you know, was, was getting pretty decent minutes. Um, it's not a great matchup, but, uh, you know, DiVincenzo there against Golden State. Uh, but I'm probably not going to go there because I don't think Golden State hangs. So, yeah, it's probably Jeff Teague and just move on. And let's move on. And let's go over to shooting guard where Pandemic P, a.k.a. Paul George, um, sits at the top of the of the food chain here. Did not get any sort of price bump on Fandle. He's still 76. DraftKings, uh, usually the quicker to the punch, $8,700. I don't think we play him on DraftKings at $8,700. I do think $7,600 is right in our wheelhouse, though, for all those that play on Fandle. Uh, I think Fandle... We know he's going to get Gary Harris defense. That's tough. But 7600 for Paul George is still too cheap. And we saw it in, in the Lakers matchup um, where he goes for over 40 fantasy points. Um, so I think we move down. And you're seemingly through one position already team Milwaukee blowout. Um, so would you – I guess the next question is, and, and since we're here at Chris Middleton, would you play Chris Middleton in this matchup at just 74 k after or it's not 74 7.4 K after what we saw from him on opening night. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, honestly, I, I think he's in play. Um, if in the, you know, if, if we looked at some of the, the last year's games with, with Middleton, he basically still played 30 minutes, even in blowouts. I'm totally fine with Chris Middleton. I, I, he's one of the main guys that stays on the floor for the bucks mm-hmm. and he's not coming off. So I think he's he's going to be in the high usage, especially if, if Giannis, uh, you know, whenever he's off the floor, which Middleton is usually on the floor when he's off. So I'm totally fine with playing Chris Middleton at 7.4. He showed us a little bit of what he, you know, I, I'm I like it. I think he's he's going to be. Uh, I think he's looking to take that next step this year, and uh, I think he, he's he's better than a lot of people think. Yeah, and I think he goes overlooked a lot, and I think it tomorrow does. or. Today, rather, Christmas Day, is another situation like that because everyone's looking to jam in the studs. We have a lot of really high-priced guys, six over 10K on DraftKings, and I think these mid-tier guys like a Chris Middleton, like a Karis LeVert and Jalen Brown, who we're going to get to right now, um, just go overlook. So speaking of Karis LeVert and Jalen Brown, um, both coming off monster first games, Jalen Brown paced the Celtics with 33 actual points, um, against a really good Milwaukee defense. Uh, and Karis LeVert torched the Golden State second unit. Um, and what we loved to see about, from Karis LeVert, Sean, was Karis LeVert was the only dude on the floor for Brooklyn with that second unit. He wasn't playing with Kevin Durant. He so, wasn't playing with Kyrie Irving. He was playing with Karis LeVert and a bunch of the rest of the the Brooklyn Nets. Um, and Right. And who... Who is good in pick and roll, um, which benefits Karis Levert uh, quite quite a bit. So, um, do we like Levert in tournaments? Do we like Brown in tournaments? Um, how about you just go from there and a couple more guys here at shooting guard that you have your eye on? Yeah, I mean, Levert just absolutely smashed. I mean, in just 25 minutes, it was the bad thing. Right. You know, he, he took 17 shots. <laughs> 
which is kind of hard to do. And you would think that there wouldn't be any chance that he could do that in just 25 minutes, but he did it. And, uh, you know, he, he played really well. I mean, nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block. I mean, he was a plus 18 in the plus minus. So, yeah, Karis LeVert, uh, I'm totally – I'm not just, like, overly enthused about his price because he's one of the top prices now. And that's, you know, not usually something I love to do, especially, you know, for a bench guy. But in the same retrospect, I mean, this 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 match should be really good. Brooklyn played pretty fast last year. I know, you know, Durant and Kyrie weren't playing, but they still were, were decently fast. Uh, Boston's been playing a lot faster at the end of last year, and now, you know, we saw their first game. It was one of the highest-scoring games on the slate. So um, I, I like LeVert. I'm not just, like, too enthused about his price, though. Yeah, I think the price point for me – does it as well and and he's 5800 on Fandle. i think that's where we get our exposure to levert um so i don't think we need to go there 7200 but again contrarian tournament play for sure over on DraftKings. um moving on the list i would mention will barton but we can mention him at small forward position generally where he plays um let's talk about you know tyler hero we didn't really we kind of talked about but he does generally play more of the two Uh, we have josh richardson here who looked pretty okay he he didn't look you know he didn't look like he did in the preseason in that opening night against phoenix um but i think he's on a lot of nights going to be that secondary scorer for dallas um and then we have lou williams and i was Interested to why, I mean, the a lot, the Clippers didn't really play their guys a lot of minutes. And Lou Williams only played 26 minutes in that opening night. Um, any love for any of those guys in terms of Hero, Richardson, or Lou Will? Yeah, I mean, you know, Hero circling back to the Miami guards. Right. Uh, it's it's a great spot. You know, New Orleans pace, with, you know, they play with just a, such a fast pace. Um I, you got to really like his price at 5.6, especially if Butler's out. I mean, he's going to be one of the other main guys on the team that's going to be the scoring source. Um, he's going to probably handle the ball a lot more, too, with Dra- when Draghi you know, isn't on the floor. Um, I, I like Tyler Hero. I like Tyler Hero quite a bit, and I like him a lot more, like I said, if, if Jimmy Butler happens to not play. If he doesn't play, then he's going to probably be a lock button for me, you know, whenever. Uh, at 5.6, I just don't think I'll be able to, to pass that up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think. I, okay, how about this? If the Heat sit Jimmy Butler, how many Miami members of like how many Heat are you willing to play in one lineup? Two. I don't know. I think I'm, I think I could almost play three. I mean, I and think- is that? I, I mean, I think three as well, and I think a third one at this position. Um, not that I'd play all three at this position, but I think a group of these guards including Duncan Robinson is firmly in play uh, Duncan Robinson only 4400 on DraftKings for uh for Christmas Day yeah uh, yeah I don't mind that either um I was thinking more along the lines of Bam Adebayo but yeah Duncan Robinson's extremely cheap well not to play all the guards but like some type of combination maybe two guards and Bam yeah or you know like Dragic Duncan Bam or Hero Duncan Bam or yeah. you know 
a lot of lineups with Miami Heat, pretty much sure. is what we're telling Just you. Jimmy Butler sits. I think I like I think I like a lot of the two mans too. Dragic, Hero, Hero, Bam, Dragic, Bam. I think right. A lot of different ways there. Yeah, I agree. I think uh, it's more comfortable playing two, right? Because if the Heat dud, you know, and you have three guys from that team, like you're screwed. At least if yeah. they dud and you have two, like you have an outside chance of still cashing. Um, on the flip side of that game, I don't know if you saw, again, we talk about minutes with the Pelicans, and I think it's something that's going to be cons- pretty consistent all year. They're not going to play a lot of guys. Um, J.J. Redick was one of those guys that played a lot of minutes. He played 29 and hit six threes and scored 23 actual points. Um, also playing a lot of minutes, Josh Hart played 27 minutes. Um, didn't have the exact same stat line as Redick, not nearly as as good, but six points, five rebounds, and assists, and two steals, something that Josh Hart can do. Um, either of those guys tickle your fancy, Redick or Josh Hart. Oh, yeah, yeah, I really like Redick. I mean, the only bad thing you get with Redick uh, is if he's just not hitting his shot. I mean, because right. if you can see, he only had three rebounds and an assist other than the 23 actual that he put up. Which eleven of those fourteen shots were three pointers. So, you know that's what you're going to get with Redick. Obviously, much better play on DraftKings because of the three point bonus. Um, but yeah, if he's going to play twenty nine minutes every night, I mean, and especially at the price that he's at right now, I really do like him at four point four on DraftKings. And I just don't think you can. I think he would be a good run back. Um, maybe him and like Ingram or something if you want to game stack that game. Uh, I think that would be a good spot uh, on DraftKings only. Obviously, I'm not even going to touch him on FanDuel. I don't know what his price is, and I don't. Is he a shooting guard on FanDuel? He is a shooting guard. He is forty five hundred dollars on FanDuel. Yeah, I think he should be a little bit cheaper on on FanDuel. But uh, <laughs> yeah, DraftKings. Uh, I I really like JJ Redick tomorrow. Yeah, I think the uh, I'm I'm really liking this New Orleans side um, as a contrarian play uh, parent putting two of these guys in with um, some heat. So, yeah, I Because like I, I think a lot of the ownership does fall in Brooklyn, Boston, does fall in Dallas, L.A., and, you know, everyone's going to play Giannis. So uh, I do think the the Pelicans are a way to leverage. But let's move over to small forward sure. where um, Kawhi Leonard tops the list at $9,800. Um, Kawhi looked bad, and then he was – Pretty good in the second half, um, but Paul George really did take over. Kawhi just going 10 of 26 from the floor. Did play 34 minutes, which is encouraging. Um, but I think, you know, uh, 9,800 on a slate full of studs, I don't think is a is a spot you and I will go to. Maybe um, to be a little different, uh, but going to Denver is not fun. And then you have Brendan Ingram, who's $1,500 cheaper, who um, had didn't skip a beat from last year. Again, one rebound away from a triple-double. Um, 11 assists is extremely uh, cool to see. So I think Brandon Ingram, for me, is the clear-cut number one option at the small forward position. We already mentioned LeBron at point guard. Jason Tatum is a power forward. So I think Brandon Ingram is the clear-cut number one option at small forward for me. Yeah, I mean... It, you know, especially on Vandal, you're probably going to have a really tough time uh, at the small four spot, and that's that's usual. Uh, that's that's something that <laughs> we talk about all the time. That it's always really hard to to get small fours on Vandal. Yeah, I don't think you're really going to be able to go anywhere else. To be honest, I mean, 
Ingram was was the guy. I mean, I know we even talked about him on the live stream. Uh, how we we talked about we how we how much we liked him um, in the last game. So I think Ingram is easily you know we said that Zion is is going to be good, but you know Ingram is still is still the guy on this team, and especially now that you know Bledsoe, I think I, I don't want to say he's a downgrade from Drew, but. I think he. I mean, I think we can probably both agree that he is a little bit of a downgrade. Oh, he's down. He's definitely a downgrade. Drew Especially on the offensive excellent. side of it, which yeah. which is crazy because you know, Bledsoe's not exactly known for his offense. He's known for his defense. So uh, seeing his last game kind of perked up my interest a little bit. But nonetheless, uh, he's definitely a downgrade at that spot. But um, yeah, I think Ingram is, is going to lead this team. Like you said, he's going to. He took most of the shots. <laughs> I mean. Basically, you know, took all the shots for for New Orleans in that game, other than JJ Reddick, and uh, yeah, I think I, I think it's pretty clear cut right there, uh, especially in this list. I mean, there's just really not a whole lot of competition around him. Yeah, he's actually the fourth highest priced small forward on Fanduel, less expensive than Jalen Brown. Just putting that out there. Not that Jalen Brown's a bad play, um, but I think Brandon Ingram will always present more upside just based on peripheral stats. Jalen Brown is. More one-dimensional uh, than anything. But um, moving down the list, we have Kelly Oubre. I've mentioned I think there's, this is a bounce-back spot for Oubre uh, against Milwaukee. Not the easiest spot. I don't think we need to go there, but I do think he shoots uh, better. Uh, and then we have two guys in Denver, and I think both of them are super intriguing. We have Michael Porter, who started this game and and played really well because you know that's what michael porter does 24 actual with five rebounds two assists two steals three blocks so if you played him on Fanduel, i mean you got 15 points from literally just steals and blocks alone uh so big night there uh and will barton came off the bench and still played over 30 minutes and i think where it gets really interesting sean and you mentioned how small forward is pretty weak so if you take a look at Fanduel, right Fanduel right. small forward is elite, and I say that because Brandon Ingram is seventy three hundred, Michael Porter is fifty four hundred, oh, wow. Will Barton is fifty two hundred, and here's the kicker, Sean, Tyler Hero is small forward eligible on Fanduel at five thousand dollars. <coughs> wow. So Tyler Hero as a small forward on Fanduel is small forward eligible. So it makes me with their their positionals. Yep. So, as bad as the position has been, Fanduel is kind of throwing us a bone because I think the ownership for all those that aren't playing LeBron on Fanduel are literally going to be concentrated between four guys, and those four guys are Brandon Ingram at seventy-three, Michael Porter at fifty-four, Will Barton at fifty-two, and Tyler Hero at five K. And I don't think. At least on Fanduel, we literally need to go anywhere else. Maybe Nick Batum at min salary um, because he's probably. His, yeah, I was just looking at his last game. I mean, didn't take a whole lot of shots, but he played 28 minutes. I mean, he's super cheap on DraftKings too. That's why I was looking. 4.5k. Um, you know, he only took four shots. Uh, three of them were three pointers. Only hit one of the three three pointers, but he also had five rebounds, that was six boards, six times, two steals. Um, not a bad peripheral stats there for Batum. Um, just like I said, he's just not scoring, and that's mainly because you got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard taking, you know, a combined forty shots. So, uh, 
you know, again, you made a good point there by probably not having to go down any further on FanDuel. I think on DraftKings, you, you could maybe take a look at Batum. Um, other than that, I think you really just you kind of just pay up there or play those you know few key guys and you just move on. I mean, you might look at like a Dory Finney-Smith or something like that. He's 4'8", and, you know, Lakers weren't exactly the greatest against the small forwards last year. So, you know, I know he's kind of playing a little bit of the three and the four. But um, as far as, yeah, you know, other than that, I think that's uh, that's how you go. I mean, is Joe Harris small forward or shooting guard? I know he's small forward, straight small forward on, on DraftKings. He is on FanDuel. He is a small forward, $4,300. Wow. Uh, Joe Harris had a really good first game. Um, yeah, it really would have been bigger. It would have been bigger if there it wasn't a blowout either. He yeah, was having he a really played, good first. Played good minutes. Right. So, I was just from a fantasy perspective, he had like twenty something fantasy points at half and really didn't do much in the second half. Right. Um, I think it would have been different if Golden State was able to keep it closer. That's all. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I like him. Obviously, I know his price is five point three on DraftKings, a little bit higher, but he does mainly shoot threes. Right. Um, He's a three-point specialist, so, but he does a little bit of everything else, uh, and he's kind of really came into his game. Uh, you know, they kept him around and paid him, so I think you can look at Joe Harris on DraftKings. I, I don't mind that a bit. I like that game stack. I know we talked about that already. So, yeah, Joe Harris probably will be a, a target for me, too. Yeah, Joe Harris, uh, I would definitely be intrigued by um, in a game stack environment. I do think Dorian Finney-Smith is a good call. Played a 36 minutes, and, and Rick Carlisle is really he's always, sketchy yeah. he with him. minutes. He loves him for some reason. Yeah, he's usually sketchy with minutes, but he does like playing Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith, a, a good defender, and uh, something that, uh, you know, probably play, guards LeBron here, if we're being honest. It's it's probably Dorian Finney-Smith's job to guard LeBron, so as long as LeBron's on the floor, so is Dorian Finney-Smith. Um, let's move to power forward, uh, where we have... A just a plethora of guys. Like we have a lot of dudes here, Sean. And I don't know how you feel about this tier and how we're gonna decipher who to use. But if you're, if I'm being honest, you can literally use any of them. I mean, you got Giannis at near 11K going up against you know a team that we saw has have Swiss cheese defense, and Giannis played 36 minutes in the opening night, which we haven't seen. Um, in a long time. Then we have Anthony Davis coming off a bad game, uh, but he did play 31 minutes, probably see that uh, little uptick in minutes against an undersized Dallas front court. Right. We have Kevin Durant, who looked really good in that opening night. No rust, um, and he only had to play 25 minutes because of the blowout. But, and then Jason Tatum is going to be the forgotten guy here, but he put up 37-2-2 in a block. Like, how do you feel? I mean, I know you, how you feel about this top tier. It's very hard not to love this top tier. But, like, wh- what's your lean given the first look at this position? Because, man, I, I don't know how to decipher it because, you know, Kevin Durant's an over 10K player we're looking at for 9-4. Yeah, I know. And that's – it's you know, it was funny you mentioned Tatum being the kind of the lost guy here on, on such a star-studded list and – it's crazy to think that he's, you know, only 100 less than Durant, but the same fact that he's priced less than Durant is kind of crazy. Uh, right. Because he's the main guy now. I right. mean, Kimba's not there. Um, you know, Hayward's gone. 
we saw basically it was him in, in the Jalen Brown show. So that kind of worries me because of how good Brooklyn looked the other night. Um, plus, he is going to probably get Durant. There's no there's no two if and or buts about that. He's going to get Durant on defense, which I don't love. I really like Anthony Davis. Um, right. Like you said, you know, it's, it's going to be a bounce back spot. He did play 31 minutes, played the most on the team. Uh, you know, he didn't have a great game. Um, didn't have a great game at all. I think that, you know, Dallas, like you mentioned, they're a little bit lower, and, and especially with that, without Chris Stavsprazingis in there, their front court's a little bit smaller. They're going to be playing Maxi Klaver. They're going to be playing Dwight Powell, um, guys that just can't really match up to Anthony Davis. So I really like Anthony Davis. I think um, he's probably – and I know he's power forward. And he is power forward on FanDuel, isn't he? He's not center. So, uh, yeah. yeah, he's power forward. Yeah, that's right. Well, he's, he's center eligible on DraftKings too, so – Kind of threw me off for a minute, but yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I would probably Giannis, Giannis, you know, Giannis is probably probably number one still. I just hate the matchup. Uh, it's not that I hate the matchup, I just hate that I think it could potentially get blown out. Oh, wow, right. You know, we talked about the lines um, on these games before we started diving into the players, and that was another game that had a really big line movement. Uh, went right. from seven points all the way up to ten and a half in favor of Milwaukee. So. Really huge line movement there in Milwaukee's favor, and I do think Milwaukee probably runs away with this one. Um, so I think Davis is, is probably going to maybe get a little bit lower ownership because I still think everybody's probably going to go to to Giannis here. I mean, you get Davis at six hundred less uh, on DraftKings. Um, I don't know what the prize diff is on Fan, FanDuel, but uh, I like Davis. It's a one thousand dollars difference. Giannis is eleven okay. six, and Davis is ten six. Um, I tend to agree here. The only thing I'll say is if Golden State does keep this close and we get Giannis for another 36 minutes, if we don't have him in our lineup, we're going to lose because he's going to go for right. he's yeah, going to go for 70. True, true. I mean, so, I, I say I say that, I, but I do. I do think Boston is, is a much better team than Golden State. Um, I do too. Of, of course, of course. Yeah. So, it, you know. I think, yeah, I still think I'm I'm siding with Davis here. Durant, you know, uh, it's a good spot. You know, Boston showed that, uh, you know, that he they allowed uh, Giannis to have a good game, played 36 minutes against them. Uh, but that game was close in the end. So it kept Giannis on the floor. Um, for Durant, though, I, I, where, where are you going? I mean, what do you think? Are you – are you are, how do you feel about Tatum? I want to kind of get your take on, on that, too. I mean, not. I think before the injury, we saw an elite defensive Kevin Durant as much as we saw an elite offensive Kevin Durant. And I think he finally figured out using his length is is an issue for offensive players. So I think Tatum could have a problem against Durant. I'm also just in the mindset sometimes good offense can just beat good defense. And the way Jason Tatum finished last year... Um, that entire second half and, and really obviously just showed it again in game one. I don't know if it matters that much. Um, I he think was my, up against Giannis, too. I mean, right. That's, and he that's was against what, Giannis. Right. He's one you know, defensive was, player of the year. He's going to kind of get the same similar defensive approach here from Durant. Long, lanky guy. But he also still had a monster game, too. So I think it's a, I think it's a toss-up on DraftKings. I think the all the ownership goes to Durant on Fandle. Where he's eighty five hundred dollars, and yeah. Tatum Tatum is ninety eight. So I think all the ownership goes to Durant, 
at 85 on Fanduel, as it should, because I don't think you miss out on an opportunity to get Kevin Durant at 8,500. Sure. Yep. Um, honestly, that's one of the best point per dollar plays of the slate. Let's just put it like that. Um, let's move down the list where I think, you know, Zion is fine. Uh, we do like to see the double-double. We do like to see the other stats, too. He had a block. He had a steal, a couple assists. Um, obviously, nine shot attempts isn't going to get it done. I think the Pelicans are trying to figure out the way that they're going to fi- use everyone on their offense. Um, I think we see more of an assertive Zion here. Mo Harkless started at power forward for Miami in the first game. I don't think that's the right strategy to use against Zion. We will see. But I think he's fine. Um, then we have, like, Kyle Kuzma, who, you know... Hardly anything. Right, and he's 5,900. Paul Millsap, another guy who just, you know, is falling by the wayside. Uh, Even though, you know, I guess I shouldn't say that because he played 36 minutes. 36 minutes for Millsap. And, Sean, (laughs) the the narrative... I'm just flipping the switch real quick. The narrative on Millsap... Um, has been, and it's something I pointed out the last couple of years, he's been really good at home over the last couple of years, and he's been really dreadful away from Denver. And this game Maybe. is in Denver. He's $4,900 on FanDuel. He's 40, and DraftKings, 4900 I don't know, like 36 minutes, 4,900. The guy played 36 minutes, and That's Mike correct. Malone he played 36 minutes. I mean, right. And and Mike Malone is touting him to be in quote great shape, which you know I'm not one of those like up oh, great shape best season of their career kind of guys, but like I think those two things correlate, don't they? Like if he's gonna say he's in great shape and then play him 36 minutes, it must mean he's in great shape. If if uh, older Paul Millsap can can withstand that type of run in the first game of the year, and I know that game went to OT, but. I think that's intriguing here against the Clippers, who gonna be starting Batum. Started Batum, right? Um, I don't think Paul Millsap garners much ownership here at forty nine hundred. He's cheap. And he's definitely cheap. The position kind of sucks, doesn't it? I mean, just what we've gone through so far, like yeah, it I mean, hasn't been a ske- it, since the top. It's a really sketchy position. Yeah, I mean, like I said, if if you're looking. Past Millsap, you know, I'm sure everybody's going to jump off the Eric Paschel <laughs> bandwagon. Oh, oh, please, please, everyone just don't don't even think about going back to that. Especially, either. you know, after he, you know, got benched in the second half, basically. Um, well, here he didn't start. Let me put it that way. He didn't exactly get benched, but uh, well, I guess he did. In, in Toscano S- Anderson, yeah. Toscano Anderson started that second half. So, yeah, you know. Paschal is probably definitely not in play here. Batum, we already talked about him. Uh, yeah, other than that, you know, you, you're looking down here, you know, there's really nothing else. You know, maybe if you want to get squirrely with like a James Johnson who saw some some run uh, for Dallas, and you know, off the bench. Or Clava, obviously, which, I mean, I know he's power forward center. Other than that, you know, there's really not much else you're looking at here. To, you know, Torreon Prince didn't play very much for Brooklyn. Uh, he did, but it was because of the blowout. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's really nothing else. I think Millsaps is, is really interesting, and you bring up some good points. Well, with that, uh, because 
every name you just mentioned makes me want to gouge my eyes out. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I'll say Maxi Kleber is fine. Uh, he played 27 no, minutes. No, he's going to see minutes. I mean, that, that's a good yeah. He played, he played the most minutes out of out of all of those bigs. Um, Dwight Powell started, played 18. James Johnson played 14. Willie Cauley-Stein played 6. Um, and Kleber played 27. Uh, he took 8 shots, 7 from the 3-point range. Um, only 2 fell, but still. 8 shots off the bench is, is uh, pretty encouraging. So Kleber 3,500 is fine. Um, but let's finish up at center where Nikola Jokic went nuclear uh, game one, and that's because you and I kind of poo-pooed him on the live stream. Right. John poo-pooed him forever, yeah. uh, and he just went absolutely crazy. And now we're all going to hop on the bandwagon, and he's going to put up uh, seven points, four fouls, and three rebounds in the first three quarters of this game, right? <laughs> it's it's inevitable, right? We're all going to jump on him, and then... Yeah, he's he's gonna you know come out with the with the dud. Uh, I don't know. It's I mean it is against the Clippers. This isn't really a game that I'm looking to target. And I know we said the same thing on the last slate, and he went down. But you know I really I really don't like this game. I really it's gonna be a snail's pace. Denver was one of the last, literally dead last in pace last year. Nothing has changed. Um, that's their that's their mantra. You know that's their recipe to success is to pretty much lull you asleep all game. And, you know, the only thing, Jokic may be a, a good one-off, I would say. Um, you know, he could be that, that naked play that you could put in uh, in your lineup out of this game, I think, because there's just not a whole lot that I like about any of the other players in it. Um, but, you know, I, again, if you're okay with the Snell's pace and knowing that this game, even if it, even though it does have like a 224 total, um, it's one of the still one of the lower lower ones on the slate. So... Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point about pace. Uh, Sacramento 19th in pace last year, Denver 29th. So it's not like it's <clears throat> neither team is really looking to to get out and run. Um, both teams pretty much still the same intact, like um, player wise, other than like Whiteside being added. But Rashawn Holmes started, so it's pretty much same starting lineups, um, and neither team runs up and down the floor very well. Uh, you mentioned Bam Adebayo earlier. If Jimmy Butler sits, I think Bam at 7,800 becomes a core play in pretty much m- most builds that I'm going to create, at least. Um, I think 7,800 is too cheap. And I know Steven Adams is a tough matchup, but Bam plays a lot of guard-ish role yeah, when Jimmy Butler's not on the floor. That's, that's the thing about Steven Adams is – you know, he's, he does kind of struggle to, to, like, you know, guard the perimeter, jump out there. So, I think Bam definitely has an edge here. And, and that's one of the big reasons why I do like, you know, like we mentioned earlier, pairing up two mans and three mans with Miami tomorrow. He's definitely going to be that core piece, especially, as you mentioned, if Butler is out. Um, you know, the guy has triple-double potential on any slate. He's getting, again, we've already talked about it, but, you know, this is going to be a fast-paced game. New Orleans is, is going to push the pace. That's right. That falls right into Bam's, you know, wheelhouse because he's a stretch five. I mean, the guy's, you know, he he can do it all. He he can. So yeah, I mean, I really I really like the spot for Bam. And even if Butler plays, I mean, I still like it. And honestly, I mean, that would probably lower his ownership if you know Butler does play. So yeah, I like Bam. I like the price. Seven eight on DraftKings, I think, is kind of silly almost. Um, mm-hmm. I really like really like that price on DraftKings. Yeah, I. 
I too think it's silly. Um, he's eighty five hundred on Fanduel. That seems more. That's more long. That's long. more reasonable, right? That's more what I would think Bam would be. So seventy eight hundred, we're getting at a discount. Um, the rest of the center position, I think, is just. It's fine. Like James yeah, Wiseman. Let me ask you this, James. Why is DeAndre Jordan almost a thousand dollars cheaper than Jared Allen, and he's the starting center for for Brooklyn? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know um, at all because Jordan was clearly one A in that in that split, right. um, but there was just a blowout, right? It was yeah. just a blowout, and Jared Allen played the the run, and then he only played two more minutes, even in yeah, a blowout. It wasn't like it was a big difference, yeah. Right. So I don't have an answer for you because. I mean, I would rather play DeAndre Jordan most nights. I think yeah, and that against Boston, who we know kind of struggle. You know, I mean, it is Daniel Tice that they're throwing out there at the center spot. You know, and, and Tristan Thompson, who looked actually looked fairly decent in that first game, played twenty two minutes, twelve and eight. Um, but both of those dudes are undersized, and sure. uh, DeAndre's had eleven rebounds in liter- in seventeen minutes against a, a a tall, lanky James Wiseman. I mean. Right. What is he going to do against a shorter, stocky tr- duo of Thompson Tice? I think DeAndre Jordan is is a strong play. He's only forty five hundred dollars on um, on Fanduel. Oh wow! But even cheaper than that, Sean is <sighs> James Wiseman at forty two hundred dollars. Sixty two on DraftKings. Yeah, and and that's where I think we we find some leverage because what did we see in that first game? And this is a situation where we've been talking about a blowout, right? right. Wiseman's going to start at center, but even in the start, we saw him finish that game, um, yep. even in the blowout. And he got all that run, and he put up he a all, lot of numbers. Got all the garbage runs. Yep, got all the garbage runs. So I don't think I'd pay $6,200 for him. I think I would go down to DeAndre Jordan. I think I would go down to Ibaka or Zubak, who played 27 minutes um, in that first game. But I think at 4,200, Fandle is really, really pushing us to play him. Uh, like, I think 4,200 makes a ton of sense for James Wiseman, um, who seemingly is, and it's crazy to say this, right? It's crazy to say this after we saw him play one game in the last 13 months. But it seems like he's blower-proof in just one game because they want him to get run. They want him to get up to NBA speed and and get his stamina up. So what better way, even in a blowout, to just put him on the floor? Right. I mean, I, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he got all the run. He actually looked really good. Uh, he did look very good. He didn't, you know, he didn't look like he was shying away from taking shots. He, you know, was catching oops. He, he played played pretty well. I watched quite a bit of that game. So I'm, I'm totally fine on the FanDuel pricing. But, yeah, I just can't wrap my head around paying 62 on DraftKings, whenever you know you could go up just a little bit more to get you know Bam Adebayo, right? Uh, or you know even like a Brook Lopez. I mean, at six K flat. I mean, I would rather probably play Brook. I don't know. That's honestly, I don't really want to play either one of those. Right, Brook or James Wiseman. There, I'd probably like you said, go down to DeAndre Jordan. Um, you know, Zubox, like you mentioned, I think is a decent look. Don't love it against you know uh, the likes of, of Jokic down there. You know, he's he's he gets guys in foul trouble pretty easily. 
so yeah, I mean, really, and then, you know, uh, the only one other guy that I was kind of looking at in the center spot that I might throw in some GPPs just because of the blowout scenario is Bobby Portis. Played 16 minutes. Um, the game was close. Um, you know, you got to think that if, if uh, Milwaukee does pull away, he could, you know, kind of get around 20-ish to 22. So at 4.3, I think he's interesting because we know Bobby Portis in, you know, the past has, has been really good. He's a decently high usage player, and it's a really good spot. Like you said, he's going to be maybe getting Wiseman, uh, maybe getting Marquise Chris, I mean, uh, in the blowout scenario. So I think Bobby Portis is interesting. Um, other than that, that's that's really all that I've, I've got. Yeah, I think in a, in a in that 320 max tournament that I think is uh, is generally a very popular tournament, and that's why there's nearly 60,000 entries, or just like a 150 max, whatever your cup of joe is. If you mm-hmm. are a multi-entry player, if you're an MME type of player, which is mass multi-entering, yes. um, I do think Bobby Portis is viable in tournaments. And that's yeah, uh, totally GPP. Yep, and you you play him in a scenario where like you don't pair him with Steph Curry or you don't pair him with like Giannis because those dudes are off the floor. You're playing Bobby Portis because he's getting you 24 minutes of garbage run. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I do think Bobby Portis is definitely viable um, considering how poor uh, the center spot is. Really, right. and I'm pairing him with like Chris Middleton. You know, right. Like we right. mentioned, you know, for for the same reasons that we, you know, mentioned Chris Middleton. Right. Matchup um, and blowout proof. You got anything else for me? No, man. Uh, I'm going to guess that there, I mean, you're not looking at like Steven Adams. I mean, you know, it's really interesting and he's very contrarian. We know he's probably going to play decent minutes. I mean, we know he played, you know, started and played good chunk of minutes in the first game. Um, he is a little bit oversized for, for Bam. Um, Bam is an excellent defender, though. So, and, and Adams just, you know, he's just not a he's not a usage guy. He's not he's not going to blow you up. You know, he's not going to score twenty points on any given night. He he lacks that upside. So, you know, we're not going there. Uh, other than that, yeah, I, I just don't. I'm not going to Dwight Powell. I'm not. Yeah, there's really nothing else there that I can I can make a, a case for. All right, dude. I think that will do it. Um, for Sean, Sean, why don't you tell the people your Twitter handle, um, where they can find you on the Twitter machine. You can find me at S Mitchell one seven, and you can find me on Twitter at the underscore real underscore grande. Um, Sean has, as you mentioned earlier, has the playbook has the fast break article. I will be on the value vault john and pemba on the starting five video full slate of content um we will have people in subscriber chat whether it's me sean john fensty whoever um so we'll uh we'll see you guys tomorrow and let's win some money and again merry christmas to all make sure everyone stays safe um yep and good luck tomorrow